0: Lord, um, see what your apostle told Timothy, God, to be an example um, to the older women, to the older men, to the young men, to the uh, everybody in the church, God, to let the youth be an example to them, God. And we're living that out right now, God. And I know that the youth that took in participation today, they're feeling the joy of what it feels like to be obedient to you. God, it's a feeling that the world can't compare to. Um, so we pray that you would bring light to that um, in our text with a With the young Hebrew boys, God, including Daniel, that we would learn something from them, God. ask that you would just forgive me and my sins, God, because you know better than anyone that there are many. Um, But that you would wash me clean by the blood of your lamb and fill me with your Holy Spirit now, God, that the word of God might be preached and that someone might say, what must I do to be saved, God? That's what we're doing this for. We love you and all the praise and the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 So Daniel chapter 1 is where we're going to lay. Daniel chapter 1, say, Lord be with them, because we're going to tackle this whole chapter in four points, this whole chapter. We've been studying this chapter for four weeks in youth, so parents who come out, if you're wondering uh, what the high school and the middle school kids have been learning, you're going to hear a summary of it today, a revised summary of it today. The title of my sermon is Playing Games with the Devil. Look at your neighbor, stand on your feet for me, look at your neighbor and say, playing games with the devil. Playing games with the devil. We have a lot of people who openly and willingly play games with the devil. You heard of the Illuminati. A lot of people. We're going to talk about some of those aspects today. But playing games with the devil. Daniel chapter 1. I'm going to read just one verse. One verse 8. So I don't read the whole thing to you. But one verse 8 is our main verse. And uh, we're going to land there. So Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. New King James. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart. Say Purposed. In his heart, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Say defile himself. himself. Look at your neighbor and say, do not play games with the devil. Do not play games with the devil. Have a seat. Thank you. So let me just bring you into the story of what's happening here. There's four boys, four main boys, within a group of a lot of boys who get brought into Babylon. These guys are about 15 years old. 15 years old. Kids. And the king, so in the background, God says to the prophet Jeremiah, those people, my Israelites, they're committing idolatry. They made everything else but me. God, sex, music, television, money, everything but me, everything I created, they want to worship it instead of me, the creator. And so Jeremiah is saying this several years before the book of Daniel is even written. And one of the things Jeremiah says is that through God told Jeremiah to say it, you keep it up and I'm going to put you into slavery. You keep sinning. You keep by idolatry, adulterizing, I'm going to put you into slavery. First point, sin always leads to slavery. Sin always leads to slavery. Whatever sin you are committing today, eventually you are going to be its slave. Jesus, chapter 8, he said it. Sin always leads to slavery. Whatever it is you want to get down and do behind closed doors, eventually it's going to be making you do it. And you're going to say, no, sin, I don't want to do that. You better do it. Sin always leads slavery. To slavery. Verse 1 or verse 2, it says the Lord, say the Lord. The Lord Lord gave Jehoiakim, the king of Jerusalem, king of Judah, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. God will put you into slavery just to get you out. If you think God won't let you become a slave to pornography, he'll let it happen. He'll let you be an alcoholic. He'll let you be a pill popper. He'll let you smoke heroin. He'll let you smoke meth if you really want to. God will put you, that word gave means put. Yes. God will put you into slavery just to get you out. Right. Just to get you out. So king, the king of Israel gets put in the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. It says in verse 2 that Nebuchadnezzar with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar. Uh-huh. The land of Shinar is where the Tower of Babel was. Right, right. And so what this king did, King Nebuchadnezzar came, took these people, took their most valuable possessions... Uh-huh and then put them into his church, which worshiped his God. That word vessels means something prepared. Uh So all the women here, you make, or men, if you like to cook, you make dishes, you prepare a dish. And you prepare it and you give it to your family. Uh Same thing here. These vessels were prepared just for God. God. So King Nebuchadnezzar went and took the vessels, Uh something prepared for God, and Uh worshiped to his God. This is what the devil wants to do. Take what is ever set apart for God and have it worship him. And have it worship actually anything else but God. The devil wants to take something prepared for God and use it in worship to anything but God. Anything but God. This is what I like to call a monopoly. This is my first point. This is what I like to call uh, a Monopoly. A Monopoly, um, you guys play the game of Monopoly. What you do, how you win is you try to control the most land on the board. And so if, you wanna, if you're one of those type of people that always goes straight to the boardwalk, buys the boardwalk, God help you. That's not the way to win. you got to work from the bottom up. Our Savior, our good Lord and Savior taught us this. You, if you want to make an impact in this world, you got to start from the bottom up. That's why you started with fishermen. you got to start with the bottom up. And so you get a piece of land, you own more, you own more, and more, and, and sooner or later, you can own the whole board. This is the devil's philosophy. Say, this is the devil's philosophy. I try to put horns on the little guy, but I couldn't do it. Um, this is the devil's philosophy. He wants to start at the bottom and eventually work his way up and control everything. These boys were 15 years old. 15. And he says, verse 3, And the king spake to Ashphazaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel the king's seed, and the princes. He's a royal family, Kings, uh, David's family. Yeah. said, bring these 15-year-old kids into my house, and I'm going to have a good time. We're going to start a monopoly on God's people. All right. okay. He didn't bring everybody at once. He just brought the young people in. And if he can get the young people to do what he wants, then he'll bring everybody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It says, children, verse 4, children in whom had no ble- blemish, well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science such as they had the ability in them to stand, say stand, Stand. in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. That word stand and that word teach. Say stand. Stand. Say teach. teach. Stand means to work for. Stand means to work for. Teach means to goad. Any farmers in here? Raise your hand if you've ever even seen a cow. (laughs) Amen. We're not, all is not lost. This word teach means to goad. If you're a farmer, what you do is, or you're probably not, most farmers aren't this cruel anymore, but in Oriental culture, what they would do is you take a stick with spikes on the end of it. And it's called a goad. And what you do to get that cattle to go wherever you want it to go, you'd hit it. You hit it too broad on the back and they would move wherever you want it to go. That is the picture that Daniel wants to give us through his book of what the king, Nebuchadnezzar, wanted to do to these young boys. He wanted to teach them, goad them, to get them to go wherever he wanted to go. And he wanted to stand inside the king's palace, which is be employed. So what the king was trying to do, what the devil was trying to do with the monopoly of our young people is to kick them in Hit them and stab them. I see it, my brother with the cane back there. Hit him wherever they want to go so they can work for him. Yeah. Some of the most talented rappers in the game, where do you think they started? Kanye West in the church. Beyonce in the church. Katy Perry in the church. Carrie Underwood, she's still got a bit of her righteousness left. In the church. All started in the church. The Bible says, verse 4, with no blemish, good-looking, smart, handsome, intelligent, the devil wants the best of the best. Why, would he, why should the devil settle for anything less? The devil's philosophy is that, oh, if God gets the best, I want the best. I want him to work for me. So he's teaching them a little bit of, a little bit of rap music here, a little bit of television here. Let's, let's, just, let's just stop here. I don't think we know how seductive television is. We don't know how, te- we don't know how seductive it really is. Anything that's seductive, it's all, all it is is something beautiful God has made and then something perverted. Something beautiful, something perverted, put it together, it makes seduction. The TV is so seductive. I was watching Pitch Perfect last night with my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, and there's a scene where they're all part. It's a funny movie. But there's a scene where they're all partying, and drinking, and I'm starting to think like, man, I remember a couple years ago, I used to be in that scene, and the devil took me out of it. And as a pastor now, I'm looking at this, I'm like, that kind of looks fun. It kind of looks like a lot of fun. They make the, they pump the music up, everybody's dancing, have red cups, you know, and they're all having a good time. (laughs) It looks like, wow, Wow. this looks like a lot of fun. As a pastor, I'm sitting there next to my wife like, This kind of looks like a lot of fun. We are, if we think we are any smarter than a sheep, we are outside of our mind. Albert Einstein said we only use 10% of our brains. If you take 10% out of the human brain, it's equivalent to the same size as a sheep's brain. Last time I was in this pulpit, I said there's no such thing as what? Coincidences. No such thing as coincidences. God made everything for a reason. If we think as sheep we can sit there and just look at that stuff and not be enticed with it not be seduced by it we're out of our mind. We think we can listen to Drake talk about whatever Drake talks about now. Probably the same old stuff we've been talking about since Over or whatever that first song came out with. Same stuff since Degrassi. Talking about the same stuff and we think that it's not going to affect us. It's going to affect us. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to affect you. The next point, this is, what Dave, this is what Daniel does. Daniel knows this. This is what Daniel does in the next point. He says, sorry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't play games with the devil. He said, sorry. When the enemy tries to defile you, say, sorry. God's redeemed me. Verse 8. Verse 8 says this, it says, but Daniel purposed, say purposed, Purpose. in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So Daniel comes up to the prince of the eunuchs that the king had told to go and fetch all the young Hebrew boys. And Daniel goes back to the same guy that the king, that the king sent to him and said, ah, sorry, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the food you're trying to give us. And the wine are trying to make us drink, and the red cups, I'm not drinking that. Right, right. The TV show you're trying to get me to watch, the Facebook you're trying to get me, the Twitter you're trying to get me to get, the wow. Instagram, the Snapchat, all the stuff that I don't need, sorry, I'm not doing it. You got the wrong guy. There is a young man in my, that I work with, and he claims to be a Christian. He plays drums in the church, but he's not living like it. He missed work on Monday to go to Vegas, and as I'm looking at him, looking at me, I'm like, thank God I'm not the type of guy anymore. I'm not holier than thou. I could not have got here by myself. It was strictly the grace of God. But someone comes up to me and says, hey, didn't you go to Vegas? I'm like, no, nah, man, you got the wrong guy. That's not me. Daniel says, sorry, you got the wrong guy. Interesting. In verse 8, this word defile, both of them, it's in that verse twice. That word defile is the Hebrew word ga'al. Say ga'al. It literally means defile. So interesting, this Hebrew word, it literally means defile. But it also means redeem. No such thing as coincidences. The Hebrew word for defile is the same word for redeem. What, what tries to defile you, God can use it to redeem you. You guys have seen... The book, wow. or not the book, the movie of Sandlot, right? Yeah. Young boy moves in the neighborhood. He tries to get in with the other guys at the Sandlot. He says, oh, I have an idea. I have a ball. I'll bring it. We can use it so we can keep on playing. Brings the ball with Babe Roof's name on it, yeah. Baby Roof. And he knocks it over the thing. His first home run, defiled. In the baseball culture, that guy is defiled. But at the end of the movie, they get it back, he runs, on Benny, the, the second star in the movie, he runs and runs and runs and gets the ball, yeah. and he gives it back to Smalls, thank you. And at the end of the movie, you see Smalls and Benny working together for the Jets, I don't know what, what a baseball team it was, but in his office, he has a, he has a picture, or he has the ball, uh, the ball that's chewed up, messed up, nasty, And then he has another ball next to it with all Babe Ruth's teammates on it from the year that he went crazy in baseball. He got that from meeting the person who had his ball. The same ball that defiled him redeemed him. He's actually working for the MLB with a ball signed by not only Babe Ruth, but the whole rest of the Yankees too. The same thing that defiled him. He used it to redeem himself. Smalls was a nobody. I mean, a little kid nobody even cared about. Yeah. But at the end of the story, he's a legend. Wow. A legend. Wow. What sin has used to enslave you, yeah. God can use it to free you. Yeah. What sin has used to defile you, God can use that same thing yeah. to redeem you. Yeah. You're looking at a 19-year No, not 19. Somewhere around 16 to 17 year porn addict. You're looking at him. I was so addicted to porn. I would look at porn right after church. One day my parents found it on the, I was so stupid as sheep. Left it on the screen. (laughs) In my dad's office. I was so addicted. Not only, it wasn't only porn. Say it wasn't only porn. It was Pills, marijuana, alcohol. You think it's not because my parents weren't good parents. They were great parents. And they tried to whoop the heck out of me every single time. But look to your neighbor and say, Only Jesus could help him. I got so far out there that only Jesus could help me. So you wonder why I'm going to, you say, Oh, it's 2015. You're going to ham, Alex. You're doing too much stuff for the Lord. You need to focus. You need to settle down. No. The last thing I'm going to do is settle down because we have a short time and a long eternity we can spend in hell. And I am not going to get to the end of my life and God said, you didn't do a dang thing but sit on Facebook. You didn't do a dang thing but sit out and drink with the same people and the same parties and the same house and the same weekend every single day, every single weekend. I am not going to get to the end of my life and feel stupid and have regret for all of eternity. I am not going to regret my life for all of eternity. My life is too short and eternity is too long for me to regret this little tiny life for all of eternity. When the enemy tries to defy you, say, What? Sorry, God's redeemed me. What he says sorry to is two things I like to call it it's the wine of the world, say, the wine of the world, and the food of the flesh. The king says in verse 4, give him the food. In verse 5, give him the food, give him the wine. This wine is fermented. This food would have been a a large portion of meat. And it was meat that Jews didn't eat at this time. Uh And under the new covenant now, we're free to eat anything. Cereal, bacon, whatever you want to eat. It's it's open for all of us because we're under the grace of God. But at this time, Daniel says, oh, I see what's happening here. If I drink that wine, I'm going to be drunk. If I'm drunk, I'm not going to be thinking about God. If I'm eating the food at the party with everybody else, I'm going to be feeling so good because of the meat. I'm going to be laughing, having a good time, swaying back and forth because of the alcohol. The last thing that's going to be in my mind is God. The wine of the world is what keeps us drunk. Say, what keeps us drunk? The food of the flesh is what makes us feel so good we don't think about God. So he says, the wine of the world, the food of the flesh, not sorry. God's redeeming. me. I'm not eating that stuff. Some people say, oh, we got to do the Daniel fast, eat just vegetables and water. I see what they're doing, but contextually, that's not what the, the author, Daniel, is saying. Where you find meaning isn't how the, the, what the Bible means to me. Oh, it makes me feel so good. That's not where you find meaning in the Bible. Where you find meaning in the Bible is in the author's intent. What was, the, what was he trying to say? What was he trying to say? That's how we preach here. It's called expository preaching. What I believe Daniel was trying to say Is Facebook, TV, music, all that stuff keeps us drunk. It keeps us, our minds just numb. Like, oh, okay, listen to Lil Wayne, YG, Chief Keith, You know, I'm I'm listening to them. What are they saying? And I I, I don't have a father, so I think I'm going to look to them to be a a, a man. And it's keeping me drunk, keeping me drunk, keeping me drunk. And then the food of the flesh is whatever the world's doing. The world's eating the food. The world's partying. The world's going out. To the world, clothes and money is more important than God. And so I'm going to do that stuff. It's going to keep me drunk. It's going to keep me drunk. It's going to keep my stomach full. And I'm going to be thinking about God. This effective immediately, you don't have to be with me, but I'm starting a Daniel fast today. I've already been doing it, but I'll do it 10 more days. I encourage all you guys, challenge you right now. I need my youth. Um, to get ready to stand up. I'm challenging you, all you guys, right now to do a Daniel fast. I'm not talking about eating just vegetables. I know you guys like your McDonald's and all that stuff. I'm not going to get in the way between you and your meal. But what I'm saying today, no Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter for 10 days. For 10 days. If that is too hard for you, this is not the church for you. If that is too hard for you, Pastor, may I? This is not the church for you. 10 days. No Instagram. No Facebook. No Twitter. No Snapchat. No Foursquare. No Bebo. No MySpace. No LiveJournal. None of it. None of it. 10 days. 10 days. If you want to go to the next level, no TV. No secular music. 10 days. All my youth, can you stand up? All the youth that I gave that special uh, gift to. No, not you guys. There's special youth I gave a bag to. Can you stand up right now and start passing those down the aisle? Our next point is this. When you let go of the enemy's food, God can let go of his enormous favor. So my youth are passing out Legos throughout. Just grab the bag, pass it down, just like we do the old offering back in the day. Youth, you can sit down, just put the bag down and pass it down the aisle. I don't want to distract, um, but just give it to somebody and just pass it on, pass it on. So right now, there's different colors Legos being passed out to everyone. If you don't want to do the Daniel fast, please don't take a Lego. We only have 300. Leave it in the bag. I can use it for another sermon or I can play with it myself after I get done preaching. If you don't want to do the fast, don't touch it. Look to your neighbor and say, if you don't want to do the fast, don't touch it. Don't touch it. In verse 17, chapter 1, verse 17, let's try to pass those around quietly. Pass those around quietly. We don't want to distract from the Word of God. So chapter 1, verse 17, chapter 1, verse 17, going along with our next point, it says this. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom and Daniel the understanding of all visions and dreams. This is what God gives his children who decide to say, I'm going to let go of that. Sorry, I'm going to let go of the enemy's food, the enemy's wine, the wine of the world, the food of the flesh. I'm not going to do that type of stuff. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff is just unnecessary stuff that keeps me drunk thinking about everybody else. What's everybody else doing? I don't have the time to think for myself and to be my own person and to live who God has told me to be because I'm too focused on everybody else. What kind of basketball player would Michael Jordan be if he was always looking at, oh, how's that guy playing? How's that guy playing? How's that guy playing? playing? Oh, is that guy's status being liked? Is his his picture being double tapped? Oh, this, this, this. He wouldn't be in the NBA. There's one person who everybody knows his name on the planet. Michael Jordan. Why? Because he said, no, I'm not going to eat what everybody else is eating. I'm not going to drink what everybody else is drinking. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do what I know what God has told me to do. And I'm the only person that can get in my way. You understand that you are the only person that can get in your way of the glory God has for you. You are the only person. I'm talking to the believers right now. For the believers, sin, death, and Satan are defeated. So you are the only person that can make, to keep you from being what you want to be in 2015. You are the only person. Andy Minio, here he goes, Alex quoting Andy Mineo again. Mama feel like she's losing me, to this lifestyle that's consuming me. I travel every weekend, even when I'm weak, man, you know what that do to me. Back pain, back pain, sleeping on planes, you're feeling like Bruce Wayne. Blackout the night on the stage, man, I need a back cave just to get away. Jesus retreated to be with his father, you know that I need it. My career has been growing, but tell me where I'm going. If my time with you is depleted, God, I'm sorry, I mean it. All I want to do is walk with you. My priority is wrong. I talk about you more than I talk to you. That's our problem right there. The only person that gets us in between our glory in 2015 is us. Why? We don't want to spend time with God. You understand, if you actually prayed, wow, that's a secret right there, praying. It's that easy. If you actually prayed and you actually read your Bible and let go of the things of the world you would be amazed the type of woman and man of God you really could be. I don't care what Facebook says. I don't care what Obama says. I don't care what EBT says. All I care is what God says. I don't care if your parents left you at age four. I don't care if you got raped when you were 16. I don't care if you got molested when you were five years old. I don't care who touched you. God touched you when you became a believer. And God's touch... God's touch can do a lot more than what you're letting yourself believe you could be. We, my generation, will never see another Martin Luther King because of this problem. We don't want to stop looking at Facebook. We don't want to stop listening to that music. We like Chief Keith. We like Drake. We want to listen to that stuff. We like drinking out of those red cups. And we don't want to stop doing it, so our generation will never see another Lecrae, another Billy Graham, another Martin Luther King, we're not going to see people like that. Because of this problem. Help us! Help us, Reverend. Ten days! Ten days. Is that too hard to ask? No you will be amazed the type of man, the type of woman you would be after ten days of letting go of that junk. Ten days. Ten days. Let me ask you a question. The same thing that sin is trying to enslave you with, God will use that same thing to free you. What is enslaving you today? What are you a slave to? If I'm being honest, what's something that you're probably going to go do after this? That nobody knows you're going to do that thing. What are you enslaved to? Don't you want to be freed from that? Let go. What is holding you down what has got you by the neck? Don't you want to be freed from that? Let go. What is telling you that you can't be anything? Let go of it. Preach, man. Preach. Andy Mignola says, it don't cease to amaze me that you hear, you, that you hear every detail in the songs I make, and the songs I'm making saying you will never be Kendrick, you will never be a rap god, rap rock like Hendrix." In this song, he's fighting himself, literally on MTV. He's fighting himself, beating himself up in Tekken form. It's a Tekken game. But he's beating himself up, saying, you, every little detail and everything I mistake I make in my songs, you're always saying, you messed this up, you messed that up, you messed this up. And it's his voice in his head, and he's trying to beat it up. What is enslaving you today? What is saying that you can't be anything more than the, just the little 12 likes you have on your Facebook? What is telling you that today? Don't you want to be freed from that? Let go of it. Look at your neighbor and say, I need 12 people to just say, let go. Let go go of it. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, it is for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You understand, when Jesus says my yoke is easy, he's saying my yoke is well-fitting. It says, my yoke that I have for you is going to fit you and nobody else. That word easy means well fit. So when you come into a relationship with Jesus, he gives you a gift. He gives you a destiny that only is going to fit you. My dad's destiny is not going to fit on me. My dad is a big cow. I'm a little cow. We can't fit the same yoke. The yoke is not going to fit on us. We have different destinies. The devil's got a yoke for you, too. The devil's got a yoke for you. Say, the devil's got a yoke for you. He's not talking about eggs. Say, he's not talking about eggs. The devil has a well-fitting yoke for you. At age seven, I looked at pornography for the first time. I didn't stop till I was 19, 20 years old. The devil has a perfect yoke for Alex Wilson. My name literally means protector and defender of mankind. But if he can get me to hate... Every single person on the planet through the medium of pornography, because that's all it does. When you're looking at pornography, it, just, it, it creates hate in your heart. Because the girl you're looking at, you don't care anything about her. She's just an object. You hate her. And it makes you hate everybody else too. But the devil had a good, a good, well-fitting yoke for me. If he could just get Alex to wear this yoke, he'll never be the protector or the defender that God has called him to be. The devil has a good yoke for you. Galatians, good verse to write down. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Wow. Jesus got on the cross for this reason. You will never be able to not say why Jesus got on the cross. He got on the cross to free us. To free us from the yoke of slavery. Martin Luther King took that bullet to free us. JFK took a bullet. To free us. Jesus took nails in his hands. Nails in his feet. To free us. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. So do not be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Again. Last point. God gives them, in verse 17, knowledge. Knowledge means... Intelligence. Intelligence means the ability to acquire and apply knowledge. Yeah. Christians, real Christians who are surrendered to God, aren't dumb. At all. Aren't dumb yeah. at all. It says that He gave knowledge and skill in learning. All that means is school. Uh-huh. The ones that are at the top of the class back in Daniel's day were the believers. Yeah. Yeah. Because they knew they would perish because of a lack of knowledge. And so they studied. And then when they studied, they studied that God wants us to be faithful. And then when they were faithful, God gave them favor in school. Daniel, in the next chapter, becomes the equivalent of the vice president at 15 Michelangelo. You guys know Michelangelo? All is not lost. Age 13, I want you to look this up at home. Look up the word. It's an Italian word, pieta. It means sorrow, I believe. And whenever you see a pieta, Karen Thomas knows what I'm talking about. It's a picture of Mary holding Jesus crying. Uh-huh. Every pieta in the, in the history of man, it's always been Mary holding, holding his baby, her baby, Jesus, after he just got down from the cross. It's called a pieta. There's one made out of marble stone. It's huge. Made out of marble stone. Michelangelo made this at age 13. Look this up. It's amazing. Age 13, marble stone. I don't know one 13-year-old that is able to do anything like that. I don't know one 13-year-old in this building that has even a little tiny bit of that type of skill. Why? You don't want to let go. If you were to let go of the world and allow yourself to be the type of basketball player that God knows you can be, To be the type of football player that God knows you could be. To be the lawyer, the doctor, the teacher that God knows that you can be. Ben Carson, a black man, the first one to split up a Siamese baby without destroying their brain. Two babies, one head, he split it up. Favored. The kids in our generation will not know anything about what it means to live for God and to have favor in their life and to be a vice president, to be a doctor or a teacher or a lawyer. Because why? They won't let go of Instagram. They won't let go of Facebook. It's got them so tight by the neck. I will not live the rest of my life as a 22-year-old not preaching this same exact message every time I get up in the pulpit. If I sound like a broken record, they can come break me in half. I'll become an MP3 or something because I am not going to stop singing this same song until somebody in our generation rises up and becomes a Martin Luther King. I'm not going to stop. Say he's not going to stop. He's not going to stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Where the brakes at, I give him that ditty vibe. Like take that, take that, take that, take that. I'm gonna put in work, I'm gonna do that ASAP. Put my faith in rap, but they say don't say that, oh. They say don't say that. What I'm gonna turn down for? I feel like Shaq in 9-4. I feel like Kobe in Toronto, dropping 81, but I dropped at 88. I'm not gonna stop, y'all. I'm serious about this. I'm sick and tired of seeing girls hooked. I'm sick and tired of seeing guys passing around bottles of promethecine, heroin in their arms. I'm sick and tired of it. If I see one more kid pass a blunt, I'm going to pass out. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of how the devil has made our church lukewarm and weak and anemic and sorry. I'm tired of it. I can't stand this, man. It's nasty. You're going to an, hey, you guys might as well go to an Islam church. Go to a Buddhist temple. Because what we're doing in our church is the same stuff they're doing in their church. Just sitting there looking at a pastor like he's crazy. Andy Minio says, I'm going to start wearing Buddha around my neck. Why? I'm just doing what y'all doing, wearing stuff that y'all don't believe in. All these rappers wearing Jesus chains, they don't believe in it. So I will start wearing a Buddha chain. I don't believe in it. you wearing it. You don't believe in it. Let's, let's do it. Our church doesn't want to do anything but sit on Facebook and Instagram and be like the rest of the world. And that's why we won't see another Martin Luther King because we won't let go. The next point, if, if, if you decide to let go, to do this fast with us, To let go of the world, let God transform your mind by the renewing of your mind. That word mind, literally, Luke uses it in his gospel too. But he uses it as the word understanding in Greek. Paul uses it. The same word. Or Paul uses a different version of it in in Greek. But the word that he's trying to get at, the word mind, is the same word that Luke, in the book of Luke, verse 24, uses when Jesus appears to the disciples. The Bible says that he opened their mind, opened their understanding. That word understanding in Greek, Luke is a doctor. Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, is a doctor. The word that he used, understanding, literally translates into the organ used for receiving God's thoughts. The organ used for receiving God's thoughts. There I go again. Yeah, I blew it. Everything I don't want to do, I keep doing. Steadily feeling stupid. Instead of making excuses, I just need to face some music. I need you. God has put an organ. My theory is it's the 90% of our brain we don't use. But God has put an organ inside of our body. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it in the book of Luke 24. Used for receiving God's thoughts. Unbelievers never tap into that organ. There is something inside of every single person made in God's image, made in God's likeness, meaning not the way God looks, God's a spirit, but the way that God thinks. The way that God thinks about stuff. God has given us that same exact ability. This is why I believe Satan is like, I'm jumping ship. I don't want to be a part of what you're doing because you're giving him that. The angels don't even have that. I don't even have that. I'm your best angel. And he decided to jump shit. That's just my, what I believe. Don't quote me on that. That's just what I believe. The theory I'm working on. I'm in college too. But God has, God has a part of your mind that he wants to tap into to let you become the man or the woman that he knows you can be beca- you become. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Don't let yourself get in the way. Amen. But if you decide, next point please. If you decide to let go of that. The fact of the matter is, compared to God's children, non-believers don't have a clue what's going on. They don't have a clue. We got the answers. We know how to get to heaven. We know how to get rid of sin. We know how to be saved. We know how to defeat the sin, devil, and death. The unbelievers don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. They're walking around in the darkness, Jesus says. And unless a light, unless some salt gives them a little taste of what's true, the world will never know. The world will never see another Martin Luther King. But for the believers in here who are living it out, for the believers in here who know what it means to be saved, to know Jesus fully in your heart, like Daniel. Verse 20 says, In all matters of wisdom and understanding, the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers that were in his realm verse 20 verse 20 says the king the evil king found these boys 10 times better than its top astrologists these boys were 15 need i remind you magicians these guys knew science they knew everything philosophy and the king a sinner found these 15-year-old boys 10, not just smarter, 10 times smarter because they were faithful to God. They said, sorry, I'm not going to be a part of your monopoly. I'm going to let go of that stuff because God's got something for me and you guys don't have a clue about what it is. You don't have a clue about what it is. You would be amazed the type of grades you could get, the type of job you could get, the type of wife, stand up wife, the type of wife you can get. If you just decide you forgot to turn around, you forgot to turn around. You would be amazed the type of blessings God has for you if you just decide to let go. If you just decide to let Go. Look where you went for me. On those wooden beams took responsibility for sin that you never did to call you a friend of me. On those wooden beams took responsibility for sin that you never did to call you a friend of me. Sometimes I struggle even believing you've forgiven me. But we are not the same mentally, thank God, look where you went for me. On those wooden beams, took responsibility for sin that you never did to call you a friend to me. It don't make sense to us. It do not make sense to us why Jesus would decide to take the punishment that we all deserved And die in our place. Reverend Tate said... I don't know any of us that would walk into Chowchilla prison and say, I'm innocent, I'll die for all these women. Yeah. Killers, thieves. None of us would do that. Yeah. It don't make sense to us. We are not the same mentally, thank God, look where you went for me. Yeah. On those wooden beams, took responsibility for sin that you never did to call you a friend to me. Wow. This is the greatest gift that's ever been to, given to mankind. Yeah. And non-believers don't have a clue about it. But we have a clue, and we're just sitting on it. We'd rather look at Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TV instead of tell somebody about the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind. If it's not true, those 500 people who saw Jesus are lying. If it's not true, the millions, say millions, of people who have been burned alive for the sake of the gospel are crazy. King Nero, I mean Emperor Nero was putting stakes through the butt of Christians out the mouth and then lighting them on fire and then having barbecues in his backyard yeah. as tiki torches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're letting them do that just for sport, just for a couple of likes on their Instagram, they're crazy. Yeah. It must be true. Must be, yeah. Why would they keep doing it? Yeah. Millions of Christians have died. How many Buddhists have died? Because if you put a gun up to a Buddhist head and said renounce Buddha, they would say, I, I know it's not true anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Christians don't do that. Yeah. Come on, on those wooden beams, took responsibility for sin that he never did to call you and I, a friend of him. Let go of it. Whatever it is enslaving you, you have that Lego in your hand. When you get home, look at that Lego and say, God, help me to let go of it. Help me to let go of it. I can't do it on my own. There I go again. Yeah, I blew it. Everything I don't want to do, I keep doing. Steadily feeling stupid. Instead of making excuses, I just need to face the music. I need you. That Lego and say, God, help me. Help me to do it. I want to be better. I want to be the man that you've called me to be. I believe that you took Jesus out of the grave, God, and pulled him to life. And I believe you can do that to me. I'm dead right now without you. I'm dead, and I need you to give me life. Yeah, man. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this, this lesson, God, on playing games with the devil. We're not strong enough to win that game, God. We're not strong enough to get past that monopoly, God. We're not strong enough to say no, to say sorry. We're not strong enough to say I'm going to let go of it. We're not strong enough to get that clue, God. But if you help us, Jesus, if you help us, I know you're getting, power you out be getting sick and tired of asking for help. Because God, you helped us so much already. You already came down here. Andy Mino says, your ways are so high, but you bent your knee. What you started, you will complete. I'ma keep repentant until the day I leave. God help us to do that. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this lesson. Thank you for the example of Daniel. But most importantly, thank you for the example of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Amen. Amen.